This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your Nobia source for thriving with diabetes. My name is Taylor Danielle. And if you are new here, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. I'm glad to see you here. Or if you're chilling and listening, glad to have you here wherever you're at. Um, today, I'm excited to have the founder of Amazing Low Carb, Danny, who has such a unique and cool story. Uh, I encourage you highly to click the about us link in the show notes to learn more about the background of how Amazing Low Carb came to be. It's such a unique and interesting story. And I really think that everybody should read and learn all about Danny's journey. But in the show itself, we kind of dive more into the product and a little bit of his background and experience with it. But I stumbled upon amazing low carb as I was, you know, trying to figure out um, how can I have the foods that I want that typically surround noodle dishes, um, having grown up with Thai cuisine in the house, that isn't going to make me spike like crazy. And I know, you know, in the diabetic community, especially for a lot of us who have different cultural backgrounds, um, noodles and rice are typically big staples. Um, and nowadays we're learning, you know, with the processing and things that happen with it, it's not so great for our health or our numbers. And so what Danny is looking to fulfill is to offer some of the most common high carb foods um, in a way that you can still enjoy that tastes exactly how you flavor them and doesn't send your numbers spiking. Right. And even better his he won't sell it if his family won't eat it. So it's family approved, it's kid approved, all of the approved, um, and it is definitely changing the game, in my opinion. You can purchase it on Amazon. Uh, they do have different noodle types as well as rice. Um, and that's definitely one that I'm interested in because I can I can I can navigate cauliflower rice, y'all. I. I just. Um, mm. I'd rather just have the damn rice. <laughs> it's just, it ain't been it for me. Same thing with cauliflower uh, pizza. But, you know, as you'll hear later, we talk about compromising and, you know, knowing what to find and um, the value of, you know, when you're trying to take care of your health and things. So please make sure that you follow Amazing Low Carb. Uh, Danny and his team are doing amazing things all the way in Singapore. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear how it came to be and some of the um, words of wisdom that he shares. Uh, I think he shared some great insights on things, uh, both food related and unfood related. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Danny from Amazing Low Carb. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. All right. Well, Danny, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. I'm very excited to talk about a product that just from what I've learned about you um, through your site and, you know, through uh, social media, um, you put a lot of heart and soul into this company. So welcome to the show. And I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you today. Great. Thank you, Taylor. Awesome. Well, I have learned a little bit about who you are and I'm going to encourage everybody um, and I'll make sure I'll link it in the show notes to check out the about page of Amazing Low Carb. Um, Danny has an incredible story of how he got to this point, but I won't force you to go through that whole spiel. So please go read it yourself. But if you don't mind at least letting everybody know like where you're from and, you know, what made you want to get into the food industry in the first place? Because from what I read, you were in a polar opposite industry before you decided to get into food. Is that correct? Yeah, and I, I'm actually I, I still am. Um, so to answer your to answer your first question, I'm uh, I'm Canadian. 
uh, but have been a, a, an expat since, well, for the last almost 20 years. So I've been really fortunate to have lived and worked in um, North America and Europe and, uh, and now in Asia. Um, and I've been based in, in Singapore for the last uh, 12 years. Wow. So that's, uh, you know, a little bit about, you know, my, my travel uh, journeys. As far as starting Amazing Low Carb, uh, you know, I, so Amazing Low Carb is actually, uh, it's a side project for me. I'm, I'm uh, you know, full time and in high tech and, and I've been in, in high tech for most of my, most of my career. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate at, uh, at Amazing Low Carb. I've got a, you know, a small but very passionate team um, about, uh, you know, proper diet and, and eating well and, and bringing a product to market that we really feel good about. Um, and in a way, that's answering your question, like, why did I stay to start Amazing Low Carb? Um, I started it because, uh, you know, I've always been, I've been passionate about food for a while, which is something that, that my father drew me into, which is in the about page that, that, uh, that you referenced. He was a, a bigger than life personality. And I think for, for a lot of people, you kind of get drawn into food. Maybe it's a bit intimidating to learn how to cook and, you know, learn some of the basics and whatnot. So it took time. Uh, but slowly, I, you know, I, I fell more and more uh, into it. And then as I got older, um, you know, paying attention to, to what I was eating uh, became, uh, became pretty important because I, you know, it was, it was getting a lot easier now to, to put on maybe a, a few extra pounds uh, uh, here and there. And I was always, you know, I, I'd always... Um, you know, since I since I learned about cooking, wanted to um, to eat good food, uh, and then it's the realization that good food could actually also be healthy and and uh, and taste great, and you, you didn't feel like you were missing out. And I became aware of the the health benefits of uh, a low carb diet. Uh, you know, before keto was kind of this. Um, this buzzword that, that, that everyone was, was throwing around. Um, and I, you know, I've been following that, that, that diet for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, but not religiously, you know, like I went out with my, uh, my two sons last night to an Italian restaurant. We had tons of pasta and pizza, Ooh, my favorite. Oh my but God. those are, you know, it's, uh, that's okay. As long as, you know, your, I think your, your health, is you know is is the cascading effect of months and years of how you've treated your your body and and what you've eaten you know if you look at where you are now you know look back at the last two three maybe even five years as to how you've been treating yourself um and i think it's that cumulative effect so it's okay to you know to to have a you know, a high carb meal or cheat days or whatever you call it, as long as you're consistently, you know, in the back of your mind thinking about, hey, is this going to be good for me or not? So anyway, so that uh, really, that's the, the interest in low carb. And, and uh, I just got to a point in my career where I'm really fortunate um, to have had a, the, the kind of career that I've had that's allowed me to see different parts of the world that's made a huge difference to my family. Um, but I wanted to see if I could build a brand around something that I was, I was passionate about, which, um, you know, was, was food and completely different than what I do in my day job. So, I mean, with the pandemic, I don't golf. I don't have all these different hobbies or whatnot. I mean, I love business. And, uh, you know, uh, I, in the hours that I was spending at home and in isolation, like Singapore was just, has been completely locked down. Mm. Um, you know, I put together kind of the framework of, of what I, what I wanted to do as far as a brand is concerned, what that brand meant, that it would be authentic, that it would bring a, a really high quality product 
that I would feel good about um, and that everyone involved with uh, would feel good about and that customers would, would love. And I think, wow, that, let me see if I can do that. So that's really the, the genesis of, uh, of Amazing Low Carb. And, you know, we can, I suppose we can get into, you know, why noodles and that, that, that sort of thing. But really, that's, that's where it all started. That's really awesome. And, you know, I I have to ask because, you know, I I find myself slightly envious of people who've had the opportunity to live in so many countries. And I've only really traveled to like, you know, a handful. And my mom being from South Asia, it's just like, OK, you think I'd be a little bit more world traveled? I don't know, but I'm not. And one of my uncles is an expat. You know, he started out in London and then ended up in Dubai. And now he's in Geneva. And I'm talking to them all the all the time on WhatsApp. Like, how do I live your life? Like, I would love to, you know, kind of pack up and go abroad for a little bit because, um, you know, although I did get to to experience other cultures and things like that, um, even here in the States, it's just always been something that I feel like brings a lot more perspective, which I value. And most of that I had to get through my mom and her side of the family of like, what was it like living in Thailand? And how did you, you know, do all these things and, and come to, you know, compare the values of being in the States to now and stuff like that. So um, I, I have to ask, how has that been so different, like going from country to country? Because you've been to a lot of places, um, some that I'm just like on my bucket list, like, geez, you've hit all of these. And um, it seems like an amazing experience to to get to come from. So what was that like? Yeah, I mean, before I answer your question, I, I would just suggest to you that that, you know, when I hear people saying they wish they had that experience, that's, you know, have that introspective reflection on your own to determine what it is that's holding you back because you know i i see so many digital nomads now and with what's been happening with the pandemic more and more you know companies are are willing to uh you know to hire and keep employed people that can be based anywhere around the world i think the thing that keeps the number one thing that keeps people where they are is fear fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, yeah, people will talk about, well, my finances and, and this and that. But I think fear, the other side of fear is, is curiosity, you know? And uh, I've always been incredibly curious about the world. Um, my, my, my parents, the earliest memory I have is my parents put me on a train um, by myself when I was very young, maybe 10 years old, they put me on a train to go see my family. I, I took the train from, from Northern Quebec to, to Montreal and it was probably a, a seven or eight hour journey. Um, but to, uh, to do that journey by yourself and it was safe. I mean, it's, you know, they, they, you know, the, um, I don't know what you would call the, uh, the train attendants, but they were always checking up on me and I had my little snacks, but just to, to be beside the window and see the world go by. I still remember that. And maybe that's kind of what fueled my curiosity for, um, for, for, for travel and seeing other parts of, of the world. And I was lucky. Look, I worked for, uh, you know, uh, one of the most successful tech companies ever, that was expanding globally and, and, uh, but I seized that opportunity when I saw that, that, uh, we needed to, you know, hire people overseas and kind of bring the, the corporate DNA, if you will, to, um, to facilitate in that, in that expansion. I, I put my hand up and I, I seized that opportunity. And I think a lot of opportunities come to people. That's whether or not, you know, they, they're at the right place at the right time and have the courage to um, kind of step up and, and seize that opportunity. Um, what's it been like? It's been, it's been incredible. Um, it's, it's been, I think it's been sobering at times. I mean, you know, you go to, you go to India and I describe India to to friends including my indian friends and say it is 
the best of humanity and it is the worst of humanity. And it's, you know, it's, um, but that's, that's what travel does to you is it, 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 um, it exposes you to the real truth as to what's happening uh, in the world and what people are like. And, and you start realizing how distorted people's perceptions are because of media, because of social media and things get amplified and, and distorted um, for the benefit of positions that are taken that are not very apparent, you know, to the viewer. So if you want to know the truth of what's going on in the world, get out and go see it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you um, touched on something really powerful that uh, I've been um, diligently trying to be hyper aware of is that seizing opportunities um, and opportunities that aren't packaged in a pretty bow. Because I think a lot of times, um, especially for my generation, that's what we look for sometimes. And we forget that sometimes the opportunities that are there are not you know, this grand thing, it just either you go or you don't. And so that has been uh, a big thing for me the past two years. It's like, okay, um, what can I do to notice these moments and opportunities to take advantage of things like that, especially as things are trying to figure out how to be a new sense of normal. (laughs) I don't even want to, I don't even really like using the word normal anymore, but you know, like, okay, what are chances for me to go and see places? And, and even if it's outside of my own state, um, that's better than, you know, um, nothing, you know, I've, I've been born and raised in Texas my whole life and I've only been to different cities and I've been in Austin the last 15 years. I'm like, "Ah, I should probably get the hell out of here. Like it's time. So, you know, and my partner, he's been all over the place and I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I jump on this train? And then he, he finished his contract with the military. So I was like, well, guess we're not going that route. So we'll have to try something else, but absolutely. Um, seizing opportunity and just being curious and go, going for it. So amen to all of that. Um, so I want to get into, you know, the product itself and what drew me to amazing low carb is, you know, I'm a diabetic and a lot of people in the diabetic community, one of the biggest things that's criticized, um, especially when it comes to cultural foods is like noodles, rice, bread, hang it up. Like, don't even reach for it. Don't even think about it. You're, you know, all of your numbers are going to be all over the place if you decide to engage. And as someone who grew up with rice and noodles in the house on a regular basis, it was, you know, not a super shock, but like, even when I cook, those are staples that I know and understand. So it's like, well, how do I, you know, enjoy these things, but not um, cause my body any kind of dysfunction while I have this condition just to enjoy something that I like. Now I do in moderation, like you said, if I want to go have some Italian, I'm going to have it. If I want to have a little bit of, you know, sushi or, or, you know, sticky rice is huge in Thai culture, you know, I'll have it, but I don't do it every day. But if I do want to enjoy something without, you know, kind of the thought of like, oh, is this going to spike me? Your product's are literally the perfect answer to that for people to enjoy um, those favorites or sometimes even their cultural foods um, to be able to have it without thinking or feeling guilty about, you know, what they're having. So what, what drove you to uh, hone in on these two specific types of products? I, uh, you know, when I was playing around with the idea to, to start a food brand, um, you know, I was trying to determine, okay, what, what would be the, the first product uh, to launch? And actually, I was in Taipei in, on a business trip and, and, you know, went out for dinner with our, our partners. And one of the dishes was, um, if you're familiar with uh, some, some Chinese cooking like mapa tofu, um, it, 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 uh, what they did is they served this, this kind of meat sauce with um, – tofu skin that had been cut into, into strands. And, you know, I was eating it. Like it looked roughly like fettuccine and I was eating it. I knew, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. It's fantastic. And I I thought, well, this would be maybe an interesting low carb substitute um, for pasta. So when I I got back to Singapore, I kind of did a bit of research and then stumbled upon uh, shirataki noodles, um, when I was doing my research and, uh, I thought, wow, well, that's, that's interesting. And, 
you know, as I was doing the research, I, you know, I would do things like go onto Amazon and see what the product reviews were like of, of some of the existing brands. And there was, a, as, as much as people enjoyed them, there was a, there was a big flaw with the products, which is, you know, you open the pouch, uh, you know, and it, it smells like fish. There's this weird smell, which is just the, it's just the, the shirataki or what's known as the cognac. That's, um, that's just kind of fermenting in this, uh, in this, in this water, but it gives off this, this off smell. Like, and I thought like, and to me, smell is like, it's such an integral part of, of your cooking experience. So if it, you know, pardon my French, but I mean, if it smells like shit, it's probably going to taste like that. Yeah. So, which is not, which in, in fairness is not the case, um, you know, with, with um, these other uh, shirataki noodle brands, but it does have that off smell. And the other thing that I'd noticed and was also, um, uh, mentioned in the reviews, just the, the texture, you know, kind of a rubbery texture. And so anyway, so I thought, well, that's interesting. There's nothing, it doesn't seem like there's, um, you know, a shirataki noodle brand that, that has addressed these issues. Um, and I could see, I mean, obviously being in Asia, I could see the wide appeal of, of, uh, of noodles and, and the rice and the rice, you know, for, for, for your viewers who aren't, you know, um, necessarily, uh, familiar with shirataki noodles, the rice, at least our rice. I mean, it's, it's just the, the shirataki noodles that are cut into little pieces to resemble rice. Now we add, uh, a bit of, uh, a bit of starch, uh, to the formulation to, to try and, and more or less replicate the, the rice texture does add a few net carbs but you know i think it's it's better that way to have something that people really enjoy versus you know saying as you know it's it's you know zero zero net carbs um so you know so i saw that and i thought okay if i can come up with something that's better then maybe that's a launching point uh for the brand so um you know i i i bought competitive products tried them out then did uh, did some research to find some you know some potential suppliers that could come up with a formulation um, that that I felt good about. And just on that point, um, you know, most if you're going to compete in food, you got to compete at scale. Mm. Like you, a lot of people I see so many I'll call them mom and pops. Uh, operations and, and entrepreneurs and they make the most incredible products but the food industry is extremely difficult yeah. to compete in unless you've got scale and i you know i knew that from you know just being in business for as long as i have uh, it's not like like it was <laughs> you know uh, uh divine insight uh, but I knew if I was going to do this and, and, you know, like my, my day job is my, is my primary responsibility. So I'd really had to build a virtual team, um, who would be able to, to manufacture the product according to world-class standards, who had the scale to be able to, you know, to develop a product that was going to, you know, that you could price at a, at a reasonable level. Um, and that's what I did. And, and most people would be surprised that, that shirataki noodles, almost all of the brands um, that are sold in the U.S. and, and other markets are made in China mm. in the same two or three factories, which is impressive to see. I mean, some of these factories, it's um, but but um, and listen, my my. Uh, my wife is American-born Chinese, right? So I'm multicultural and whatnot, but some of the practices that I saw maybe in the smaller factories, I would not want my family to eat what came out of that factory. And that's sure. one of the kind of the mission statements for Amazing Low Carb. We don't sell anything unless my family eats it. Wow. Because... 
to me, it's this. Uh, I'm very fortunate to say this. It might come across as really arrogant or cavalier, but I don't. I'm not doing this for money. I, I money to me is a byproduct of doing something really good. Yeah. And at this stage of my career, this is about doing something that I'm proud of. So, what uh, you know, so didn't like what I was seeing coming out of China. And you mentioned Thailand, right? So Thais, very, uh, very proud of their food, fantastic cuisine, mm -hmm. you know, very agricultural, um, you know, society. And I found a partner in, in Thailand um, who, who took a chance on me, frankly. I mean, I, I went to them and said, I've got no experience in food. <laughs> I can't I can't commit to huge volumes to begin with, right? I'm asking you to come up with a formulation that hasn't been done. Right. So, but but I pitched him on it and said, look, this is this is my plan. Um, and this is what I think the opportunity is in the market. And we went from there and they, you know, good on them. They 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 took a chance and uh we've been working ever since. That's awesome. And I, I love that, you know, I think it's honest of like, if my family doesn't like it, like, why would I want anybody else to enjoy it? Because um, you kind of see this. I know you mentioned like, like the bigger corporate food industries, but you can, I just feel like you can tell, like you kind of lost touch with like, would you eat this? Would you be down with this? Like, would you feel good, you know, giving this to somebody um, close to you? And, and it seems like a lot of these bigger brands have lost that, you know, because it's like, well, I don't need to buy my own stuff. I have plenty of money to, you know, get the highest of quality if I want. But if you won't eat it, then why would you sell it? So I think that that's a, a really powerful pillar uh, to have in your business to know that, like, if my family won't touch it, then I'm not going to put it out into the world. Um, well, and just on that point, it's sorry to interrupt you. No, but go for I it. I think that the most um, kind of the most sobering insight that I've had in doing this has been how much bullshit there is in the food industry. So I much. mean, it is <laughs> eye opening. Yeah. Eye opening. Um, the corners that are cut to, you know, to increase the margin on the product, um, you know, filler ingredients, um, you know, because, you know, I've worked for, you know, I've, I've worked for publicly listed companies. And I understand the need for, you know, to hit your, your quarterly numbers and to meet shareholder expectations and whatnot. But along the way, and I'm not saying every company, you know, every company necessarily does, but man, it's, it's a tough industry. And then people start taking shortcuts and that's, I think, you know, people who, um, who really care about their, their health need to pay close attention um to them yeah yeah absolutely and and that's part of why um this season i wanted to connect and highlight you know brands that are really you know taking a, a bigger stance of like we want quality above everything despite you know understanding like in business there are you know numbers to meet there are all these different things that come at you that put pressure to take those shortcuts and things like that but it's like you know my what's the word i'm looking for um, my morals and ethics just won't let me do it. <laughs> like, and that's, that's why I am so fascinated by, you know, people who venture into food because, um, I would rather stay in like, you know, uh, non-edible products because I, it's, it's safe. Right. And, and I know that that's just that fear kind of talking of like, mm, <laughs> you know, holding me back, but even still, I think it is amazing. Um, you know, people like yourself and others that I've spoken to who are willing to venture into that, to provide that need, because, um, when you have, uh, a condition like diabetes or so many other food related illnesses, to be honest, that is one of the number one things that you are told all the time is like, you have to be in the labels. You have to know where your food is coming from. You have to dig deep into this because, um, you can potentially set yourself up for even more longer term complications uh, if you don't pay attention to that. And if you're not really cognizant about what you're putting into your body. Um, and that was one of the biggest things that I had to do was like get rid of a bunch of stuff out of my house. Like I can't even keep it in the house because um, I know that 
I'll unconsciously go for it and not realize that I'm, I'm consuming something that's slowly but surely killing me. Um, and so it's it's important to to know where things are coming from. And and that's what I appreciate about uh, what you offer. Um, so I'm curious, as you you found a partner to, to take a chance on you and to formulate these noodles uh, and the rice, um, how many versions did you guys, you know, test and go through before you were like, you know, I feel good about putting this out? Actually, it wasn't, uh, you know, because the, the noodles only have three ingredients, right? You've got, you've got the, 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 the cognac powder or the flour, you got water, and then you have lime water mm. or calcium hydroplane. So it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not that, uh, wasn't that difficult. It was a matter of sourcing, um, you know, really high quality um, uh, cognac which we get it from Japan instead of China. China is the main grower, but uh, uh, Japan, both Japan and China have a long history um, with, uh, with cognac. Um, and it was actually the packaging that uh, became really important because what we do is most of, the, most of the other brands, you buy a pouch and it's got a bunch of liquid in it um, with the noodles. Uh, and if, if, you know, if you've purchased our product, you'll see that the pouch actually contains a lot less water. And that's because we use what's called retort packaging. It's a, it's a, it's a high heat resistant plastic. That's a substitute for canning, you know, so instead of, you know, in the olden days, they put stuff in cans and then, uh, used heat, uh, pasteurization or, you know, to, to preserve the food we can actually do that in these pouches. So the pouches get submerged in, in, uh, in very hot water to, uh, to pasteurize the, the pouch. So it allows us to pack with a lot less water, which reduces um, the odor. That with the flour reduces the odor uh, that's present, you know, when you open up the, uh, open up the pouch. So it wasn't that complicated. Um, I think it just literally it took maybe four to six weeks, you know, the back and forth of trying things to, to come up with it. That's awesome. Um, that's always my my favorite fascination is like, you know, taste testing and making sure it goes right and making sure it's packaged right. So um, it's nice to, to hear that it was a, a pretty, pretty smooth process. Um, so well, and then the ultimate test is um, um, I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead right now. Like we're experimenting with granola. Oh, cereal in, in Singapore. And I knew we had the formulation right when I was doing some work in front of the computer and I just kept like eating out of the bag. <laughs> and I wouldn't, like it wasn't stopping. Right. I'm like, I got granola all over the place. I thought, okay, maybe this one's good. This one's good. This one's good. A plus <laughs> plus. Um, did you have any left to like, no, I, I ate it all. So you're just gonna have to make another batch. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, so you talked about you finding a partner who took a chance on you and very basic ingredients and, and this higher quality packaging, um, that allows you to reduce, um, and meet some of the, or solve some of the issues that you've seen with competitors. Um, now I want to know, like you've talked about, uh, at least from what I've, I've learned of you, like cooking is, is a huge part um, of your upbringing and things that you've experienced in your travels. So what are some of the favorite things that you like to make with your own products? The, my wife loves squid ink pasta and I love making it cause it's super simple. It's really impressive. And when you use the, when you use, when we use our spaghetti, um, noodles, you, you can't tell the difference. You cannot tell the difference between regular pasta and, you know, using shirataki, our shirataki noodles for, for that kind of dish. The fettuccine Alfredo, I love making. It's so easy. Like the, uh, these dishes literally take five to 10 minutes. Like that's one of the, the, one of the, one of the things I love most about our noodles is they're ready to eat. You know, like you just, you can throw them literally, you can throw them into a hot sauce or a broth, you know, just to warm it up and then just, just eat it or even just throw it in the microwave for, you know, for a minute. So it, it allows you to make, you know, 
a really tasty low carb meal in just minutes. Like there's really no excuse. I mean, people will find the excuses, <laughs> but there's really no excuse for, you know, for you not being able to make something that's nutritious, it tastes good, and it's good for you. That's awesome. So those are two of my favorite. I mean, I've got a bunch of it. Depends on what ingredients I got lying around. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. That's usually my mom's take of like, I, I usually have a, a set list of things that I ask for when I go home. Um, because, you know, being in Austin, like Thai food has exploded everywhere, but it's, you know, obviously not the same when you're getting it from, you know, your mom or even my grandmother. We used to have this thing where when she would come visit, we would take her to different Thai restaurants and have her try the food. And if she gave the stamp of approval, you know, we're like, that's it. And not one time, even up until when she passed, not one time did she improve of a Thai restaurant we took her to. She would take like two bites and she'd be like, mm -mm. like Wednesday, just mm -mm. and we're like, we're never, ever going to be able to find <laughs> quality Thai food without making it. And that was always something that my mom ended up doing is she would do these just like quick Thai meals like you know I'm not gonna do the full extensive I'm not rolling any egg rolls for you I'm not doing any of this if it's not quick then it's not happening or whatever and so um it's really cool to know that like you, huh oh sorry no go on I was just gonna say it's really cool to know that that they're so uh easy to to make really fast because that's something that um, I know I struggle with is if I can't make it quickly or I'm on, I'm not in the mood to like really, you know, uh, get into it with with a meal, um, then it's hard for me to um, to want to do so. Um, I wanted to ask, what about um, uh, cold dishes? Um, are the noodles able to be used for that? Like like uh, the first thing that came to mind was soba, but I know it's. You know, but stuff like that, you know, cold pasta kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You can. I'm I'm not a big cold noodle uh, person, I think the, the, like, for example, the, the angel hair, uh, that we have thinner noodles. Um, I think that would be really appropriate for like a spicy Thai salad, you know, spicy beef Thai salad. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You could, you know, you, you could use it, uh, for that. The thing to remember with, uh, shirataki noodles and I don't really like, it doesn't matter what brand you're talking about is that it's a neutral taste. It doesn't really taste like, like, like anything. So it's best used, you know, with something that, that obviously has a lot of flavor. What the, what the noodles will bring is, you know, the, 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 the familiarity in terms of, you know, combining that texture with the taste and uh, shirataki is also very filling. So it, you know, it absorbs quite a bit of water. Um, so, you know, you don't have to use a lot, you know, to, to, to feel full. So going back to, to what you're asking, for sure, you could use it in, in, um, in cold dishes, but um, I just don't, <laughs> don't like cold noodles myself. So I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I actually experienced um, cold ramen a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I was like, I'm going to try it because I, I was raised to try it once. And then if, if you don't yeah. drive with it, cool. Um, and they were offering it because it was like, you know, it's hot. And, you know, so you don't necessarily want to eat hot soup in the middle of summer. I was like, you clearly have not met me. Like I can eat pho ramen good there like any time of the year like tom ka i can eat it all <laughs> any time of the year i don't care i will sweat right here while i'm smiling because it tastes so good so it's fine but I'll, I'll level with you and so i tried it and it was okay um you know the sauce helped but it was just like <sighs> like it's it's it just ramen. feels wrong yeah it felt wrong i'm like it's, it it's japanese ramen this is supposed to be hot where's my egg at like you know it was just weird <laughs> i couldn't get with it um but i do like soba that's probably the only cold noodle that I can I can get with and yeah. I, I used to make it all the time. But, you know, again, after diagnosis and things like that, it's like, OK, well, this is going to have to be a, a once every now and then kind of thing, because um, I don't want to cause my numbers to go crazy because, you know, it's, it's higher in carbs and things like that. So 
Good to know. I might have to play around with that. Um, what about your family uh, or your kids specifically? Um, you had a gorgeous picture on your about page of someone. And I'm curious to know, like, what were their reactions to trying out like dad's products? Like, hey, these are dad's noodles. Like, what do you think? Uh, you know, kids, I, I don't know if they can actually taste while they're inhaling. <laughs> you know, like it's, Especially boys. I feel like boys just. <laughs> yeah, the unsophisticated palate. I mean, they just like, it just goes in. Um, I make like, they, uh, they don't know the difference, you know? Um, like I'll make, you mentioned Thai like I'll, I'll make a, a pad thai and it's uh, you can't tell like you can't tell the difference so i use the fettuccine noodles for that and you, if, honestly i can't tell the difference between kind of my pad thai and, and what i get uh in a restaurant of course if you go to a really good um you know thai thai restaurant you can you can you can tell the difference but it's you know it's nuanced um for most people yeah um so they uh, the noodles and then i mean the granola they love it so i know i've got you know i've got a a good product uh there but um anyways we'll see we'll see as far as where that that goes <laughs> yeah that's a that's always an interesting thing is um you know my my friend she has several uh nephews and they're like six seven now and they're they're interesting eaters and it's just like Oh God, do you even know what you're eating right now? Like chicken nuggets again. You want chicken nuggets. Like, uh, can we, can we please try something yeah. else? <laughs> you know, so um, to, to make something where kids don't know. Uh, I remember my parents had, um, you know, they, when people would still come by with those, you know, different pots and stuff like that. And they want to demo it for you. And um, we had someone come to the house and they did uh, a chocolate cake, but they hid zucchini in it. And, you know, they kept referring to me because I was probably like 12 at the time. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can eat this. And you I bet you can't even taste zucchini. And I'm like, I mean, I don't have a problem with zucchini, but cool. Let's let's go for it, <laughs> you know. And, and sure enough, I was like, huh, all right, you, you got one up on me. So cool. So I know that making sure that things taste good to kids and they can't tell the difference is, is a huge plus. So if you're listening, you got well, kids. Like there my, you go. <laughs> like my my uh, my oldest son. You know, he he had the he had the best line. He said, Dad, all my food preferences went away when I started living on my own and I was tight on cash. So, you know, he'd come over and eat and he didn't complain at all. That's very about true. Any food item that was served and you know, that's that's um that's been it's been fun watching that journey of him discovering foods that he you know, that he never ate before. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I actually thought um, when I left, so I grew up in the Dallas Fort Worth area and then came to, to Austin for school and stuff. And I thought I, I thought I was going to die because, you know, I'm used to a rice cooker being on the counter. And, you know, that was one of my my chores is make sure that there's two or three cups of rice made for mom gets home, all that. And I was like, OK, well, I'm, I'm going to my dorm and she's not going to let me take the rice cooker. And what am I going to do without my my rice? And I, I, I lived. I was totally fine. I, I was like, oh, actually, don't even miss it. It's actually kind of weird. Um, but as soon as I went home, I'm like inhaling everything like oh my god i forgot about this oh my god green curry oh my god yes like because i i had to just you know if it wasn't in the dining hall then it was just those uh you know instant noodle packs or or macaroni packs and that's it that's all you got so i uh i feel, I feel his his pain there I'm, I'm glad i'm in a place where i'm able to indulge more but totally understand coming home and you're just like i don't care if you made it i'm eating it like please feed me <laughs> Well, that's really cool. Um, so you mentioned that you've got granola going on. So what has been that process in, in creating that and, you know, creating the flavor profiles? Because it sounds like you got a hit because you, you couldn't even stop yourself from eating it. But um, it's such yeah. an interesting thing because you're seeing it everywhere. And I know cereal is one of the biggest things that I miss. And, you know, I still every now and then have it. But, I, you know, my CGM will go off like, now, you know, you shouldn't have eaten that bowl of tricks because look where I'm at. It's like, it's my childhood, right? Um, so you see all of these versions pop up everywhere and you're just like, 
which one do I try? So how did you, you know, jump into that? And and what has been the process of creating one that um, it sounds really good? I'm going to have to get my hands on some now. You can't tell me cereal like things and now I have to try it. So what's been that process? Well, kind of a kind of a strange story. I mean, if if I would have been smarter, I would have done a product related to noodles. I mean, that's the logical <laughs> right progression of you know of doing this but as i said i've got a team that that uh, that runs low carbon maybe they're they're too nice they just say yes if i have a stupid idea <laughs> um and what happened was there was a uh a granola brand in the u.s that had a very similar brand name and they sought legal action to uh, to try and stop us from uh, completing our our trademark with with amazing low carb. Anyways, their claim was ridiculous, um, and I thought, okay, and and you know, and we defended our position. They went away, but I was like, I was pissed off, and I thought, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to, I'll come up with a competitive product and then I'm going to come after you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, which is the reason why we started this thing, but I haven't even launched it in the U S and like, I don't care anymore, but, um, yeah, but at some point we might, you know, at some point we, um, might bring it, uh, bring it to the U S the, the, the challenge we have in the U S and, and for the, for the viewers who, who shop on Amazon, I think, you know, be aware that it's really tough. Like that's our primary path to market in the U.S. is Amazon, but Amazon is a beast to deal with. Yeah, um, it's expensive. It's you know, it's it's brilliant. The business model is brilliant for Amazon because you you pay to you pay to play. You know, if you want them to do the fulfillment, that's great, and the customer service, but they own the whole customer relationship. Then you got to advertise on the platform to get traction. So you end up like for us, Amazon fees are over half of the selling price wow. of the product. I mean, it's so that's our challenge. And then, um, you know, and then they've had watch Amazon's going to ban me after, <laughs> you know, after watching this podcast. Let me get my order in um, first. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they have these inventory restrictions, which, you know, like it, 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 unless it, with food, because the margins are so, are so small, like it, unless you're shipping a container, you know, 20 foot or 40 foot container of product, it's really difficult to compete. So if they have inventory restrictions prevent you from doing that, then you have to use third parties to, you know, to keep the stuff and, and ship it to Amazon's warehouses you know, in the quantities that they ask for, but then that completely destroys all your, all your profit. Yeah. And listen, profit's important. It's the only, it's the only way that, that small businesses can, can survive and, and grow and continue to offer a decent product. Cause if they don't, then you're going to be stuck with a handful of the four or five major global food brands controlling, you know, controlling absolutely everything, which, probably is not in the consumer's best interest. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, granola, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I mean, it, it, uh, ultimately it's, it's a little bit difficult to gauge in Singapore. It's not a cereal, um, culture. It's more like porridge and, you know, the things that you would know. Um, but like I said, for us to do a test launch in uh, in the U.S. is just a little bit problematic right now because of these restrictions. But, you know, we might do it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I am. Um, I'm the worst person to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm basically firing back because I'm being petty. Like, I will cheer you on. I will be like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, cause as you were telling this, I was like, yeah, actually, you should do that. Like, that's rude. Like, I was over here minding my business and you showed up. OK. <laughs> but again I'm, I'm the wrong person i will cheer i will cheer on petty behavior because i'm petty myself um but that's really cool and, and hopefully uh you know things work out to where you know maybe get 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 to to try it out but um 
hopefully it takes off in some some form or way. Um, so what are some kind of goals that you have? I know you said that you did this just, you know, to to build something. There wasn't, a, you know, a factor of like, ah, I'm just trying to make a bunch of money. You know, you just wanted to provide something wholesome. Um, what are kind of the plans that you'd like to see uh, for Amazing Low Carb in the next coming years? I think, um, you know, the, the, the priority for me is, I think, twofold is, is making sure that, um, you know, we've got a, a product portfolio and a, and a roadmap um, that um, can sustain the, the growth of the company. And the, the second is just having the team in place that can actually do this stuff. I mean, I... You know, like I said, this is a this is a side project for me, but it doesn't mean that I, it it you know doesn't get a lot of love and attention when it when it needs it. It's making sure that the appropriate pieces are in place and that the machine is running you know the way it should, and and that we have people who, frankly, are probably a lot smarter and brighter than I am for a lot of things that you need to do. Um, to, to make a brand successful, whether that's on the, you know, the digital marketing side, kind of supply chain side, you know, those sorts of things. So in terms of goals, um, I'm, you know, I'm more, I've got some, I do kind of have some, some, uh, some, some metrics, if you will, on my scorecard where I'm like, okay, we probably should be hitting kind of this much revenue, this much margin, this kind of, of growth rate or whatnot. But those are soft. Um, those are soft targets at the moment. I'm more, you know, I'm more focused on the process, you know, versus the goal, which I think is uh, if you're a little bit fuzzy on, on, on the goal, um, you know, focus on a process that brings you in that general direction. So, you know, because the Olympics happened recently, I'll use that as an example. If I think I want to be an, an Olympic athlete in, you know, some, some sport, but, you know, I'm unsure of, you know, where my metrics need to be to, to compete at that level or whatnot and focus on the process. And the process really is every day I got to go to the gym, you know, for a couple of hours, I got to, I got to work on my, my technique. Um, you know, I've got to be in the right mental state. And so what are the day-to-day -day things that you need to do? And that's, you know, like I said, I, I keep diverting to, to the team I have. They, they, um, they understand the mission and, and they are trending us towards um, kind of those, those goals that we have and in, in developing the, the product portfolio and, and, you know, having, having a team that likes working with each other and, and having a bit of fun doing something, hopefully that's, that's beneficial to, um, you know, to our customers. Yeah. Well, it is definitely beneficial because I, uh, again, through, you know, searching on social media and um, trying to find alternatives and, and you guys did pop up on Amazon for me. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad because it's, you know, especially being so connected to the diabetic community, it's one of the biggest thing that pops up. It's like, I want to have this. I want to be able to enjoy this. I, you know, kind of miss having this. And that's why, you know, we, we almost treat it like drugs. Like I, I relapsed into having a pizza or having pasta because I just wanted it so bad. I miss it. And to know that there are products out there that can still give that, you know, kind of nostalgic feeling and that you can enjoy and you're not freaking out over like, oh, my God, how much did I just eat? And crap, let me, you know, especially for my insulin dependent folks, they have to correct their insulin intake just to, you know, match up with what they've eaten. Um, so tell your team, you know, from from me and, and the rest of the community. Thank you, because this makes life a lot easier to know that I don't have to think about it. If I want to make a hot pot, I can make a hot pot and I can enjoy it. And I don't have to think about like, what kind of noodles did I buy? Wait a minute. What are the carb levels on this? You know, because um, it allows me to enjoy the cultural things that I grew up with and that I love. Um, so huge thank you uh, to you and your team for sure. Um, so before we get out of here, I would love to know what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to enjoy food, especially of all different cultures, um, but they're struggling to find, you know, a healthy alternative. Now, obviously, invest in amazing low carb. That's, that's 
check one, but for other options, um, what would you what would you say to them? Well, in you know, I, I fortunately for me, I'm in I'm in good health. Um, so you know, deviating once in a while is not is not an issue for me. But I think based on my own experience of again this curiosity of I'm always trying to find a low carb alternative to you know a traditionally high carb uh, meal you know like you know whether pizza or, or pasta or you know um, you know or even just bread you know in, in general or desserts. You know, so I'm always I'm always curious, and I've I've tried, you know, a bunch of of uh, alternatives. Some of them I like, some of them not as much. Um, so, you know, like how if you're committed to your health, you know, do just do a little bit of effort and do some research on, you know, online about. Um, low carb alternatives to the foods that that you currently eat, especially the comfort foods, you know that that um, maybe that you grew up with. There's a lot of there's a lot of alternatives out there with varying degrees of not accuracy but of resemblance to um, to to the the food that you're used to. Uh, then it becomes a matter of just personal preference. And, and I'm willing to, like I, when I make myself um, a, a low-carb pizza, you know, whether I'm using almond flour or, or, you know, coconut flour and that sort of thing, it's different. Like it, it doesn't taste, like it's not exactly a pizza crust. But that's okay. Because it may be different, but there's enough resemblance there for me to to enjoy it, and also I know that it's it's um, you know it's going to be it's a it's a healthier choice. So sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes there's a little bit of compromise to make, but that's okay. That's okay. Like most diseases now are are like I love the saying that that we dig our we. We, we dig our own grave with our teeth, you know? And um, so just, uh, you know, my advice, like I said, in a, in a roundabout way, is just is do the research, experiment, see what works for you and be willing to, to compromise because the, ultimately at the end of the day, it's how much do you want to, like how healthier do you want to be? Like these are decisions that you make, you know, like, should you grab the M&Ms, you know, or should you make, try and make yourself a, you know, a nice chocolate mousse dessert that's keto friendly, which is not hard to make, just a little more effort, you know, like these are choices that people need to make. So, yeah, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. It's a, uh... Um, you made me think of something that my dad has always, you know, told me about. Um, what do you value? And and if you look at what you value, um, you know, sometimes you might not think about it because your actions show, you know, what what do you value this more than that? Um, and I think that is a, a big lesson to learn when you are dealing with a health condition that is, um, you know, a constant cycle and relationship with food of, you know, how much do you value certain things? And like you said, being willing to compromise. Um, I love cereal, but not that bad, <laughs> you know, so I'm OK um, with it not being in the house because I recognize that that's that's a weak point for me um, and I will eat the whole box and it will, you know, spell disaster for me later. So um, but it's more valuable for me to have fruit, you know, in the house because I, I actually like that more than candy. And it's so weird. I never thought I would be that person like. Yeah, sure. I do like fruity candy every now and then. But for the most part, I'm like, is there a cold apple nearby? Like, I'd rather have that. Like, you know, it's strange. And yeah. so over time, you you start to that becomes your new norm. And, you know, my mom sometimes she's like, what is in your fridge? And I'm like, oh, my God, mom, like. 
it's it's called a salad. I actually enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, okay. I mean, I eat a salad sometimes, but there's a lot of bacon in it. All right, mom. All right. You, you got it. <laughs> like, silly Asian you lady. A, you, you, you bring up a good point, which um, is if you can't control you, control your environment. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't have it in the house. Yep. Um, because really, are you going to feel like running down the, the, the street when it's like pouring rain just because you want to get a, a bar of Snickers, you know, versus whatever healthier choice you have in the fridge. So control your environment, I think, is is really important. Yeah, I think the biggest um, curb, too, especially here in the States, I'm, I'm not sure how, how it works in Singapore, but, um, you know, the food delivery apps are huge here. Right. And um, yeah. if there's ever a bigger deterrent for me to, like, just go snack crazy, it is opening up one of these apps filling my cart and then looking at the delivery fee and it's like it's gonna cost me like 15 to 20 dollars more to get these three things like chips candy and probably like a soda or something like that and i know it's not worth nope it ain't worth it <laughs> i'm gonna go get my sparkling water and an apple and i'm gonna go sit my ass down somewhere <laughs> and stop playing so it's it's definitely um that that's been one of them and every now and then i just delete them off my phone because i'm like yeah i'm i'm not even trying to set myself up for success so unless it's a grocery app we're gonna, gonna leave you uh in the, in the ether webs over there so well, Danny, this has been such um, a thoughtful and enlightening conversation, and I appreciate your time and wisdom that you provided. Um, where can people connect with you if they want to keep up with all the cool things that Amazing Low Carp is doing and, you know, maybe keep eyes off for granola if things work out? Fingers crossed. Uh, my gals are super active on on Instagram and uh, more and more now on Facebook, but definitely Instagram, I think, is the... Uh, you know, and now you're probably going to ask me for our Instagram handle, and I, I don't even know. It's ama- <laughs> I think it's amazing low carb. Anyways, go to our website. The link is there, lowcarb.com. Uh, but that's the best place to uh, kind of keep updated as to as to what we're working on. Well, uh, I, I got good news for you because uh, I actually ensure that it's on the screen, so that way you didn't have to think oh, about it. Oh, <laughs> So I will ensure that all of those links are in the show notes and uh, as well as to the Amazon page as well, um, because Prime is real and I appreciate being able to get stuff in two days. Um, So if you guys have not already tried Amazing Low Carb, their noodles and their rice, please make sure that you do. Um, I'm excited to order so that way I can start making uh, a lot of my favorite foods. So, Danny, thank you so much for your time today and we'll catch you guys next time. So, Danny, thank you so much for your time, your effort and your wisdom. And thank you to your team for all the things that they are doing to create a process um, and a product that can help so many people, um, especially it's only three ingredients, y'all. So, like, seriously, no brainer. So I'm excited to get my hands on some as well. I've had different versions of shirataki noodles myself, and I can see the appeal um, of it. But I, I I'm really excited to get my hands on on this one. So be sure to check it out. Um, Of course, follow the show if you want to, you know, continue to know when things are coming out. I am on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube if you'd like to watch the replay of myself or myself and a guest. And of course, you can always find the show on any of the uh, podcast platforms. You already know there's a bunch of them, so I won't have to list them out. But if you don't mind, I would really appreciate it if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review if you've got the time or head over to podchaser.com. Link is in the show notes and leave a rating there. You don't have to sign in. You don't have to have uh, an Apple account on Podchaser. It's kind of a universal platform to rate your favorite podcast. Why am I asking for this? Well, it helps people to find us and it helps people to know that there's a show out there that's raw, real and just providing real talk when it comes to diabetes. And I want to ensure that we're reaching our people so that way they know that there's a community waiting for them to help, to, you know, listen, to ensure that they feel confident in moving forward with living their life despite having diabetes. So it would help out the show tremendously if you could leave a review. And hey, if you do. Drop your Instagram handle in your review. 
Okay, so that way, when I go through them, I can personally reach out to you and thank you because I know, I know, I know, I know everything online is asking for your time. But for you to take the time to leave a review for this show means the world to me. So please make sure that you leave your Instagram handle or whatever handle to whatever you're you're on Twitter. I'll figure it out. I'll sign up for an account if I got to say thank you. Okay, Um, just because I want you guys to know how much it means to me uh, for you to support the show. Um, with just leaving, you know, some feedback and Hey, don't feel pressured to make it five stars. All right. I am open to feedback. I'm open to learning. I'm open to understanding what it is that you want to hear. Um, I put together what I hear from the community and what I hear come up a lot, but, uh, nothing is better than direct insight on what you guys want. So don't be, don't hold back. All right. I promise you won't hurt my feelings, but use that review and that rating system to let me know what's going on and, you know, share with a friend. So that's all I got for this week, guys. Uh, You already know Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can catch new episodes with myself or myself and a friend. And I can't wait for next week's content and next week's guest. But until then, I hope you have a great rest of your week, weekend and, you know, I'll catch you guys when I catch you guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See y'all.